This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Welcome to Easter weekend, Resurrection Sunday, as we have seen lives changed, and we've had reports come in from our missions around the world. We've had uh, multiple services already this weekend. We have others going on now. As a matter of fact, why don't we just go ahead and pray for all of these now. Father, I thank you for what's happening right now as these three services are happening at the same time in our different campuses. Lord, we pray your spirit is just going to move and just change our lives and every life that is connected today. Father, I thank you for what you have done you're going to do. But most of all, I thank you that we celebrate a risen Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give him one more praise today. Amen. Well, you know, I'm not a novice at this. I don't know how many Easter's I've preached in a row, how many years. uh, It's goodness. It's uh, it's been over 30 years since the Lord called me. And I I think... um, this October is 30 years since I began preaching this gospel, and, and, and I should know better, but when you go, you have a word from God, you fight the enemy. Ronnie, it's very funny that you would ask me at that moment what you just asked me. For days, days since I got this message, I have fought hell, and I've been writing myself to the point my wife has been like, how in the world? Uh, uh, you, know, you just keep coming back to being peaceful and peaceful. And I'm sitting here, and I don't, I, won't, I don't even begin the ways that I fought the enemy this morning, and I'm sitting here, and I, you know what I actually said, Pastor, I'm glad you asked me that question because I didn't mean to share this. What I actually said was, I'm going to increase my offering three times to show the devil I really don't care how bad he's fighting. I put it in my phone and sent it, and it came back and said the function was broken. I said, you will not stop this sermon. Amen. You will not stop this message. I said, what? (laughs) And then you looked at me and said, and how is it, Brother Don? (laughs) I was like, move on, Brother Ron, move on. Amen. Amen. Quickly, move on. Amen. And uh, so, welcome to the message from God that hell doesn't want you to hear. Amen. Because we celebrate there is a reason. Amen. God is so good to us. Amen. I just want to thank God for all he's done, our team. Let's go ahead and just celebrate it from our parking crew to those that are serving now and those that have worked so hard to put all this together. Let's celebrate our team. Amen. Thank you, guys. They were in here working till late, late in the night, early morning this morning, and, and I was so, so thankful for them. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8 is a defining line scripture. It's simple. It is paramount to your faith. If you are a Christian, this verse will let you know, plain and simple. This verse settles religious questions. This verse Romans 10, 8 through 9 settles, it's a, it's a defi- and I've got, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, uh, if, if you have a religious bone, I, I, I'm praying in Jesus' name, it is broken. Amen. 
this, I, I bear no, I'll just go ahead and say now, I bear no hindrance at all to declare that I actually believe that Jesus actually walked on earth. I believe they actually nailed him to a cross. I believe they actually pierced his heart and he died. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that three days later, the earth shook, the stone rolled away, and Jesus walked out in power. It's that simple. That simple. Romans 10, 8 through 9 says this, very much what I just said, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. Just listen to that for a moment. This is it, guys. This is the very message about, that we preach. This is the, it is a believing message. You have to get this. And Father God, I pray today that, that wherever we are right now, anyone that is here listening, watching, Lord, wherever they are right now, I pray that you will help us to get this simple message. Help us to get it, Father, in Jesus' name. This is that message. Verse number nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, look, I know we can talk about a whole lot. of. I had studied and prepared for weeks. I was going to preach on the third day. There's 67 times in Scripture. The third day is significant, and, and it's so amazing that he was the third day. And I, that's awesome. That's for another, another sermon on another day. And as God began to pour this into my heart, I knew that it was a message for us today, a defining line message. There's really three parts of that, that you need to get this. This is the message you need to get that you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you must understand that you must actually believe that Jesus Christ did what he said he was going to do. And he was able to seal that with his own resurrection in power and might. And because he did what he said he was going to do, did exactly the sealing of that in his own power. He's going to also do what he said he's going to do. And one day, every eye shall see him and behold him faithfully to face and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Don, you're being definitive about that. Well, let me just ask you a simple question. Do you believe? Do you believe? It's really that simple. Do we really believe that Jesus Christ not only came, but that he rose from the dead? Simply put, that is the litmus test of our faith. If Jesus Christ is not alive in your faith, then there is a crisis of faith going on that I want to address this morning. I believe there's a crisis of faith going on across the church. I believe there's a crisis of faith going on because we find ourselves in a position that's, that's not new. But we must believe that Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead. And if we actually believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it will begin to change everything about us. It will change us at the fiber of our being. It will control where we go, what we do, how we act, and what we say. Simply put. You know, several years ago, someone put this book in my hand. I, I believe it was my grandfather, and, and I wasn't really sure, and I, I kind of thanked them for it, and I, I appreciated it. But a, as they put this book in my hand, I had no clue what a treasure it would be. This book is 111 years old this year. It is a 100-year anniversary of a book that was penned in 1804 by Thomas Jefferson, our third president. Thomas Jefferson, our third president, was going through a personal and moral struggle. He was going through a very difficult time in his own life, and, and, and he was trying to, to reason what he knew to be true about Christ with what uh, the Enlightenment teaching, the, the, the logic of the day was. He was struggling with that, and, and so what 
literally Thomas Jefferson decided to do was he decided that he would make his own Bible. He decided that he would take the Word of God and he would find the parts that he believed and he would put them in his Bible and the parts that he didn't believe, he would actually take a razor blade and cut them out. And I have a copy here of that. You can actually see his handwriting uh, in here. I have a copy of it. And, And he created the Bible and he called it the life and morals of Jesus Christ. He created the Bible that said exactly what he wanted it to say. Now, I didn't mean to go here right now, but I believe that churches all over the world and, and, and believers all over the world are shaping the Bible and they're twisting the Bible into exactly what they want it to say. They're, they're making stands today that, that are just not in line with what the Word of God says. And we have to come into reality to understand that Jesus Christ came and he made it plain what his mission was. And his mission was to restore that which was lost, to come and rescue those that were hurting, to heal the sick, to, to bind up the brokenhearted that we might know God again. That was the purpose of Jesus Christ. Not to condemn, not to judge, but to make a way that through the grace that God gives us to open up life for all who believe. And so in 1804, Thomas Jefferson, struggling with these realities, he sat down and he began to take this razor blade to the Bible. He clipped out his favorite passages of scripture and he pasted them in double columns on on 46 sheets of paper. He included all the teachings of Jesus Christ. Thomas Jefferson actually believed that if Jesus uh, would be followed in society, that you could build a strong society. If you'd actually do what Jesus said to do, you could build a strong society and everyone would flourish. He believed that it was truths that everyone needed to live by, but the problem was he didn't believe one miracle that was in this Bible. He excluded every single miracle. When it came to the virgin birth, he took out his razor and he cut it out of the Bible. When it came to the water being turned to wine, he cut it out of his Bible. He, he, anything that he could save from a lesson about what Jesus taught, he put in. But when it came to the resurrection, he was particularly violent with his razor as he, as he carved those things out. As a matter of fact, here on the, the last, book, uh, last page of John, I, I'll read it to you now. The last page of John, it says, uh, there, there laid they Jesus. And then his writing is beside this. And then I actually can see the, where he cut it out. There laid they Jesus and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. That's the end of his Bible, that Jesus Christ was put in a tomb. Jesus Christ was laid to rest. And all we have left now are very positive teachings. One historian said it this way about this. He said, according to Jefferson, it was a, if it was a moral lesson, it was embedded therein. He, he celebrated it. But if there was a miracle, he would actually carve out the miracle and give you the moral lesson, but leave out the miracle. For example, in one portion of the, of his Bible, he tells where Jesus talked about the Sabbath day. And, and as he shares that in that story of Jesus bringing the truth about the Sabbath day, there's a man with a withered hand. And according to, to, to the, the, the word of God, that hand was stretched forth. Now, again, I didn't mean to say this right here, but I want to declare to you boldly that my Jesus is still healing withered hands. My Jesus is still healing withered dreams. He's still healing withered withered hearts. I don't care what your future might look like right this moment. My Jesus can call it back to life and heal you today. But Thomas Jefferson actually left in the part about the Sabbath. He cut out uh, the part where there was healing. So all you had was a moral teaching without the power of a supernatural Christ. And when there was a miracle, the 
author that I was reading to you a moment ago said that he particularly took his scissors to that miracle. And so Jefferson was willing to concede that Jesus died on a cross, but he rejected the truth that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, guys, that's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? I mean, who would cut Scripture up? I mean, who would pick and choose which Scriptures they like? I mean, who would go through and say, well, I really believe that one, but I'm not so sure about that one. Who would go through and say, well, you know what? That one is just way too controversial, and it doesn't make sense with the rational world we live in, so let's just skip over that one. Oh, I think we all do that sometimes. You see, we pick our favorite verse, and we ignore the text that, that we don't comprehend or the one that convicts us. Do we have amens on Easter Sunday? We're trying to explain away things that are too radical, and we scrub down the verses that are just too supernatural. However, if we subtract the miracles like Jefferson did, I believe that what we are left with is a very wise but a very weak Jesus. I fear that many follow this Jesus. They believe that he's kind. They believe that he's loving. They believe that, 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 that he was the wisest man that ever was and may even attribute that he was a great prophet. But this kind of Jesus, this, this weak Jesus, lacks any real power to change our lives today. And when you present a weak Jesus and all you can talk about are the moral things that how he can change your family and change your finances and do these things, if you apply these moral teachings that he gave, you're missing something. I have not just come to tell you that you can follow his path and it will make your life better. I have come to declare to you that the one who died and rose again, not only will you following his path make your life better, but he wants to walk right in the middle of your life and he wants to do something supernatural and to create things in your life like you could have never imagined. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Don, you don't understand. God doesn't have a great plan for my life. You are the living scripture to where it says that he will do things for you that are above and beyond what you can ask, think, or even imagine. I'm thankful for a God who says, you think you can go this high, but I'm going to raise you all the way up and give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. But we don't know how to get there because we, 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 we try to make excuses for God. We don't understand verses like John 14, 12. We don't get how we can believe all the promises of Christ. But John 14, 12 is very, very simple. He said, I can assure you that whoever believes in me will do the same things I have done. And they will do even greater things woo, than I have done. Why? Because I am going to the Father. How awesome. I've come to preach to you today a gospel message that says it's not just about your ticket to heaven, but I have come to preach to you a gospel message that says if you will believe in the resurrected Christ, that he's going to do more than just save your soul. He's going to change your life. He can heal your body. He can deliver you from any bondage so deep, and he will set you free. And you will understand why a few moments ago when our hands went up in the air and we declared he's alive, he's alive. Why? Because we are living, breathing proof of what a living Savior can do. Amen. Would you give him some praise this morning? Amen. But because we're so busy trying to find out whether or not we serve God, we aren't walking in the power of the resurrection. 
We're trying to, well, Lord, is this going to be a year that I'm up for you or a year I'm down for you? Am I going to make time for you? I'm looking for somebody who's willing to accept him as more than just a good teacher. See, Thomas Jefferson was willing to declare that he was Lord. He was willing to declare the superiority of him above other men. He was willing to declare that he was the greatest, wisest teacher that had ever been, and maybe even a prophet per se, but he was not willing to accept the fact that not only was he Lord, but he was also risen. And we in our lives, we live that way so many times. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. I don't, I don't want to suffer this. Lord, I just, but Jesus is not looking for somebody who's trying to escape hell. He didn't come with hell in mind. He came with you in mind. And he came to deliver you and set you free. And he's looking for somebody who wants what he offers, a gap that is bridged between God and man. Simplicity of our faith. Now, guys, I may seem passionate, but I have preached this morning with this fire in my heart because I know the enemy doesn't want you to get this. Because when you get this, you better get ready to see the things you carried into this place left in the graveyard. But you then better get ready to walk out with a resurrected Savior who the sun sets free is free and free indeed. Amen. Pastor Don, don't you think some people have just gone too far? No, I'm thankful that you can't outrun the grace of God. I'm thankful that his arm is not shortened and that he cannot deliver. I'm thankful that wherever you are, whatever you've done, my God is still able. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. You see, we have a hard time believing that he can do greater things for us. But the verse is plain. It's simple. It says, if you follow Jesus, you'll do what he did. You will do exactly what he did. How about you will seek to please your heavenly father above all else. You will care for the poor. You will offend the religious. Glory to God. You will see miracles. Praise God. Somebody said, well, Pastor Don, aren't we supposed to be religious? Religion literally means, literally translated means we put God in a box and we keep him in the distance so that we can control him how we want. Look, they tried to put him in a box and it didn't work. He kept breaking out, healing the blind, making the lame walk. They tried to make him just a rabbi and he walked on the water. Come on now. Then they tried to put him in a tomb and that didn't work either. And he's still breaking out today, man. Amen. We celebrate a God who can and does do miracles. You can leave this church this morning and say, horrible sermon, didn't enjoy it. But I don't want you to leave here without saying, maybe, just maybe, if I trust God, God can change my world. If we believe what Jesus did, then we should be prepared to do what Jesus did. I know the feeling some of you are having, though. You're saying, Pastor... You don't understand. I prayed so long for this miracle. I've just been disappointed over and over again, believing God this is going to happen. And I've asked God, and, and your faith has taken a beating. And because your faith has taken a beating, you've actually gone into a mode that, that it's a psychological mode that you, that maybe you don't even realize it. You begin to not trust God. You know, there was a, they did a study some years ago about a man or by a man about people who had no uh, short-term memory. Any of you here? How many don't remember the question? Amen. <laughs> Amen. They have no short-term memory. That's so bad, though, they were taking people that you could introduce yourself to, and then within a minute, they no longer remembered who you were. 
Okay, so the psychology sets down with them, and one lady in particular to, to begin with, he sits down with her, hey, you know, my name is such that they talk for a minute, and she goes, now, who are you? So I, look, this is not a medical session. I'm not here to diagnose you today, man. But here's what this guy finally did. He said, I wonder what I could do to cause her to increase her memory. So what he did was he took a, a pen and attached it here in his hand, and when he reached out to shake her hand, it stuck her. She pulled back in pain, wondering why this man that she didn't know would stick her like this. And this, this pain created a psychological effect because about 45 seconds later, wouldn't that be awesome if people just automatically forgot the wrong you did, amen? About 45 seconds later, she's like, and who are you? But when he reached out his hand, she refused to extend her hand because psychologically, Something about the pain she experienced was keeping her from trusting him. And you see, that's where a lot of us are. We've been sold some pie in the sky type of God that we think that if we serve him, everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to be wonderful. And I feel the Holy Ghost of God as I'm saying this to you. And because things break in our lives, we back down and we back away. But I remind you what Jesus has told us. He said, you're going to go through things here. There's going to be problems. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, everybody's going to have bad days. Everybody's going to have to fight to obey God. But listen to this. What we've done psychologically is we've started trying to rationalize it. We're cutting God out of the word. We're cutting faith out of our lives. And we're trying to rationalize the fact, okay, I know you're Lord, but I just really don't know if I can give you this. But I want you to hear me today. Faith needs to come alive in you again. Jesus rose from the dead so that the pain of your life could not be held on to, but be overcome. Jesus rose from the dead so that the hope of the gospel might penetrate any darkness that you're going through. Jesus rose, and you go, but Pastor Don, I'm afraid to reach out again. Hey, look, I know what pain may be like, but I want to tell you something I've realized. The world will fail you. Problems will come, but there is one who is seated in high places who will never leave you, never forsake you, and he has never failed. Amen. Listen to me, though. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I want to have that kind of faith in God. Well, the Word of God tells us how to be reminded to have that kind of faith. John chapter 20, verse number 31. This is what it says. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. It says these things have been written. What had been written? What was John referring to? He was referring to the repeating of the miracles that Jesus performed. He said, oh, we write these things down so that you can be reminded that the one and true living son of God, Jesus Christ, that did that miracle can also miracle or mirror those miracles in your life. So important. But the question is, do we really believe or do we cut it out? Now, Jesus summed this up in John eleven twenty five. He made a pretty substantial claim. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He just put it really bluntly. It's settled. I am the resurrection and 
the life. Now I want you to hear me today. Jesus Christ walked out of that tomb. Not car- wasn't carried out, wasn't snuck out, but he walked out under his own power. If the resurrection didn't happen, then listen to me, then Christianity is a hoax. If the resurrection didn't happen, we have been wasting our time for the last 2,000 years. If all you're willing to do is accept the Lord that is superior in teaching and you're not willing to accept the risen Savior, you are wasting your time on a moral code that will leave you as lost as someone who did not. But when you come to the place to where you understand his teachings are true and he's alive, faith begins to change you and the word of God says, then you are saved. Remember where Jefferson left? Christ in the tomb. There they laid Jesus and they rolled a stone in front of the tomb. You see, most people don't mind admitting that Jesus was loving. Most people don't mind admitting that he was wise. Maybe maybe even a great, powerful prophet. But that's not who Christ claimed to be. Christ said, I am And when he said it, he said it in the word that they knew he was saying he was God. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. You see, we only have two options, folks. We either believe or we don't. It's that simple. You know, maybe some of you might might follow uh, this a little more than than others, but uh, when they asked Bono from U2 uh, about uh, his faith in Christ, a, a guy actually pulled him aside and was a reporter, and he said, now, he was talking to him about it. He said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute now. He said, he said, don't you think it's a little far-fetched to actually accept him as the son of God? And I love what Bono's response was. He said, nope, it's not far-fetched. He says, Christ doesn't let you off the hook that easy. He says, Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. As a matter of fact, don't even call me teacher. He said, prophet? I'm not saying that. He said, Christ said, I'm the Messiah. He said, I am God incarnate. And until we come to that reality in our lives that God walks away. You know what has been on my mind all weekend? That if Jesus really did what he said he was going to do, and if he's really uh, rose from the dead, and he's really doing what he said he was going to do, then that means when we gathered here in this morning in the name of him, that somewhere among us right now, he's walking among us, and his presence is here, and he has come not... You have to understand something. The only place that Jesus could not do great miracles was in a town that did not have belief. But I declare to you today, I believe, I believe, I believe he can change lives. I believe he can deliver souls. I believe he can heal bodies. And he's still raising the dead. Which brings us back to Romans 10, 9, where it says, and this message, this is the very message about the faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the entirety of what our faith revolves around. 
Jesus is alive. Jesus' resurrection redefines all reality. You see, the resurrection is not something we celebrate once a year by grabbing a basket with eggs and running to the yard. The resurrection is something that we must learn to celebrate every single day. The resurrection of dead bodies is miraculous. But we experience other miracles as well. I watch him raise dreams that have died. I watch him look at relationships that everybody has given up on. And I see him bring them back to life. I'm reminded of the words of someone that had wronged each other deeply. Deep, I mean, they had wronged each other so deeply. And one day I came along and I saw them in close fellowship. And I, I looked at them and I said, how are you doing this? And they looked back and said, don't you believe your own sermons, Pastor? God can restore. Some of you are living in homes that you feel like there's a cavern a mile wide between you. Don't you hear what I'm declaring to you? Jesus wants to walk in and heal your family. You know what just popped in my heart? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I've not given you something to do. I have come to declare to you, if you'll just let him, he will do the miracle for you. Amen. I don't know how many times I've seen him take scarred, broken people because of sin. And it's like watching them come out of an eggshell into new life. Today we celebrate. Our reason is Jesus. Our hope is in the truth, the reality. And I say it with all faith. He is Alive, Jesus is alive. Amen. Would you stand with me today? You see, we must learn to serve Him with all of our hearts, all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. And the way you're going to walk in this hope of this faith in the power of a resurrected Savior is simple. We have to begin in our lives to live like he died yesterday, like he arose this morning, and like he's coming tomorrow. If we begin to get that radical, he died for me, and he's alive. How powerful would it be the next time the devil tries to take you out, if your foot hits that situation, you say, I walk in the power of the resurrection of Christ. That drug starts calling your name, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God rises up within you. This same Spirit that, that calls Christ to raise from the dead begins to work inside of you, and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You see, that guy that, that used to be addicted to you, he died with Jesus yesterday, but this morning, he got up in grace, and we're going to see Jesus one day, man. But you've got to learn to live this way in the victory of the fact that he's not only your Lord, but he was God enough to do what he said he was going to do, and he's God enough to do in you what he's promised. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment.
I sense in this place there are people who say, I want to believe in God this way. And right now, you say, Pastor, I want God to help my faith. I need this kind of supernatural encounter with God. If that's you, put your hand up straight up in the air right now. Hands all over this place. Wow. Amen. Amen. You can put those hands down. Some of those hands that just went up and some that maybe are just about to. You see, I didn't embarrass them and I'm not going to embarrass you. But right now, by faith, by faith in Christ, I want to share with you this simple truth, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Without looking around this morning, everyone praying, there are people here that this is your moment for salvation. This is your day to recommit your life or to give your life to Jesus Christ. This is it right now. And by faith, I want to invite you right now. If that's you, and you say, Pastor Don, I'm willing to make that either as a first-time commitment or as a point of rededication. I'm ready to make that. I want your hand just to go straight up in the air. Hold it up high. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Thank you. Hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, quickly. Thank you. They're going up all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? You can put those down. Put those down for just a moment. I'm going to pray. Are there others that have not raised their hand yet? I want to see you. I want to see you clearly. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Literally, literally, uh, 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 like a dozen hands have gone up in this place. But are there others? Quickly, quickly, quickly. In Jesus' name that say today. I'm willing to move from just believing he was a teacher and maybe a good man to accept him as risen king in my life. Is there another? There have been so many to respond today. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Amen. Are there others? Quickly, 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 quickly. Pastor Don, you're, you're, just, you're just calling for souls to be saved. Yes, I am. You're right. <laughs> are there others? You, those of you who have your hand up now can put it down. Are, are there others that would join for one more moment here to say, I want to make sure. See, some of us will have their faith strengthened and some are recommitting their lives to Christ right now. Some are giving their lives to Christ right now. All right, we're about to pray. We're about to pray and believe by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith. We're about to believe what God has done. The Bible says very plainly, as I've told you over and over again, this is how our faith is settled, by confessing with our mouth. We're not going to expect you, and I promised you I wouldn't embarrass you. We're not going to expect you to step out but we're going to expect you to pray a prayer of faith in believing right now. Every head bowed. Join the hands of the person beside you, though, if you would. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're about to pray together. I'm giving everybody a chance to link up. God's changing lives. For some, this is going to be the moment that redefines your whole eternity. For some, this is the moment you've been coming home to right now by faith, by faith in Christ. Father God, I thank you that today we celebrate a risen Savior. Today we celebrate one who divided time in half with his death and resurrection. And by faith now, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord. For those that have disbelief, well, I thank you that the Spirit of God is beginning to work in them right now. And belief is rising up. And the supernatural, I declare the supernatural Savior is going to begin to walk among them and all around their lives. Let's pray together with these that we're praying with today. Let's pray, Jesus, Jesus. by faith, faith. 
I believe your promises. I declare that you are Lord of my life. I leave my old life behind. I repent of my sins. And Father, I accept your forgiveness. By grace, I declare Jesus came for me. He died for me. He arose for me. And now, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. This matter is settled. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.